the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is The Secret of Contentment. The Secret of Contentment. Ever since the creation, when the first creatures came from God's hand, there has always been someone, somewhere, unhappy with his position in the universe. It all started with an angel named Lucifer, the bright star of the heavenly firmament, who was not satisfied to be the apex of all created beings. His discontent caused him to lead a rebellion against God. Fully one-third of the angels joined him in his abortive quest to overthrow the throne of God. For his rebellion, he and his followers were kicked out of heaven. And ever since that day, he has been known as Satan and the devil and has been the enemy of God and all of God's works, all of God's people. Discontentment has been one of Satan's best weapons ever since. His earliest triumph came in the Garden of Eden when he sowed seeds of discontentment in Eve's unsuspecting heart. When Eve ate the fruit and gave it to Adam to eat, sin entered the human bloodstream. The seed of discontentment brought forth the bitter harvest of disobedience, which led to the loss of paradise and the entrance of evil into our world. And ever since, we have been an unhappy race of people. After Eden, we have never been fully satisfied with anything on earth, and we are still not satisfied thousands of years later. We always want something different. If we are young, we want to be older. If we are old, we wish we were younger. If it's old, we want something new. If it's new, we want something newer. If it's small, we want something bigger. If it's big, we want something really big. If we have $100, we want two. If we have two, we want five. If we have five, we want 1,000 or even 10,000. 
If we have an apartment, we want a condo. If we have a condo, we want a house. If we have a house, we want a bigger house, or a new house, or a nicer one. If we have a job, we dream of a better job, a bigger job, a closer job, with a bigger office, a better boss, better benefits, more colleagues, or more challenges, better opportunity, nicer people to work for, and more vacation time. You see, if we are single, we dream of being married. If we are married, well, I'll leave that for you to finish. <laughs> None of this is unusual in any way. We were born discontented, and some of us stay that way the rest of our lives. Discontentment is a cancer of the soul. It eats away at our joy, corrodes our happiness, destroys our outlook on life, and produces a terminal jaundice of the soul so that everything looks negative to us. The indispensable fact is that we live in a world with the discontented people, or the indisputable fact. We, are never, we never seem to be contented with, with um, what we have and what we hope to have. Watch television or listen to talk radio. Listen to political speeches and watch the political ads and you will agree that we live in a society of discontented people. We may be saved and have much in this world and still not be content. A Quaker once offered to give a piece of land to the most contented person in the village. Someone came to him to collect his prize, and the Quaker said, If thou be content, then why dost thou want my lot of land? You see, rather than living lives of grateful contentment, our lives are often filled with complaining. We complain when children are noisy instead of being thankful that they are healthy, happy, and in their right mind. We complain about our home when thousands have none. We gripe about work when many have no jobs. Why? Because we have never learned the secret of contentment. How would you respond to any of the following real-life situations? you find yourself suddenly unemployed. Your house is burglarized. Your house or apartment burns down and you lose everything in it. You're arrested and jailed for something you did not do, as so many of our people have experienced. You're diagnosed with an incurable terminal disease. Could you still be content in these situations? Well, the Apostle Paul could. Consider all the things that Paul suffered. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 
24 through 27, he tells us some of the things that he suffered. He said, five times I was given the 39 lashes by the Jews. Three times I was whipped by the Romans. And once I was stoned. I have been in three shipwrecks. And once I spent 24 hours in the water. In my many trials, I have been in danger from from floods and from robbers, in danger from my own people and from Gentiles. There have been dangers in the cities, dangers in the wilds, dangers in the high seas, and dangers from false friends. There has been work and toil. Often I have gone without sleep. I have been hungry and thirsty. I have often been without enough food, shelter, or clothing. What would be your reaction to these things? Could you be content in these situations knowing that God is in control of your life? I'm not asking if you would like any of it, but could you be content? Have you reached a level of Christian maturity in which you can remain completely in control of yourself regardless of the circumstances? Listen to what Paul says in Philippians 4, 12, and 13. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation— whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And then listen to this. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Now remember that Paul is writing from a prison cell in Rome. This is one of his prison, prison letters. He's getting old. He doesn't have money to pay for his upkeep in, in prison because... People had to pay uh, in order to be incarcerated. It wasn't free like it is today. <laughs> His health is beginning to decline. He knows that he could be executed by Caesar, and indeed he was executed eventually. Yet he says, I've learned the secret of being content. There are two major points I want to consider with you today. And number one, the enemies of contentment. The first enemy of contentment is unrealistic expectations. Many of you listening to me today have parents or grandparents who grew up dirt poor. When they got married and had children, they didn't want them to be as deprived as they were. So they worked hard to get what they had, working two, three jobs. Whatever they had to do, they did because they wanted to see their children uh, in a better position than they were in. But today it seems that when many people start working or when they get married, they want everything right now that it took their parents years to accumulate. The level of expectations has changed, and many people today just expect everything to be theirs from day one. Sometimes young people get married, and they discover 
that their spouse is not perfect. They go to work and discover that their boss is not perfect and the job is not what they expected it to be. Perhaps they become Christians thinking that Christians are perfect and that they would be perfect once they accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But they find that 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 is not the case. They are still attacked by temptation. They still have to deal with sin in their lives. And so there is disappointment and lack of contentment simply because of unrealistic expectations. Sometimes people join a church expecting to find love, acceptance, and support from every member. Instead, they find selfishness, jealousy, lack of love and support, and they become disappointed and discouraged, and some of them even uh, give up on the church and upon Christianity. As long as we have unrealistic expectations, we cannot be content. The second enemy of contentment is unfair comparisons. Unfair comparisons. When you look around and compare yourself to others, you are sure to find someone else more beautiful or more handsome. Someone more gifted and talented. Someone younger and stronger with the ability to do so much more than you could. And you will always be discontented when you compare yourself to them. One of the most interesting things about the Apostle Paul is that you never see him comparing himself to others except when he was defending his apostleship in 2 Corinthians 11. Tradition tells us that Paul was short and had stooped shoulders. Uh, He was not a particularly good-looking man. And if he had compared himself to the Apostle Peter, who tradition says was big and tall and handsome, he would have felt inferior. So if he had gone around comparing himself to other leaders in the Christian community, he would have had a tremendous inferiority complex. But he didn't make unfair comparisons. The third enemy of contentment is unnoticed blessings. Unnoticed blessings. We live in the most affluent nation in the world. We have more possessions, more freedoms, more opportunities than almost anyone else. And yet, overall, we are among the most unhappy people, as reflected in our high suicide and homicide rates. The problem, I think, is that we usually don't consider our blessings. We take so much for granted. Is air conditioning a necessity or a luxury? Well, you say during July and August, it can get really hot and uncomfortable in Massachusetts. So I think it's a necessity. But 50 years or more ago, most people did not have air conditioning. Today, we take it for granted. What about television? Is it a luxury or a necessity? Well, a lot of us have several televisions in the house. A big screen, a flat panel, small screen, color, surround sound, and uh, you name it, and, and we have it. 
And we would say that television is a necessity, not a luxury. But there are so many people today in the world who do not have a television, no access to a television. Paul writes about himself and the early Christians in 1 Timothy, saying, if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Today we have a whole lot more than just food and clothing, and many still are not content. We ignore our many blessings. But the fourth enemy of contentment is selfish ambition. The Bible does not condemn ambition. It encourages us to be ambitious and to strive for excellence in whatever we do. But when ambition is uncontrolled or when it simply fuels our ego, it becomes evil. Listen to James in James chapter 3 and verse 16. He says, For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, the author says, Stay away from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never forsake you. The Bible never says, be satisfied with who you are. But it says, be satisfied with what you have. We are to be ambitious, but ambitious for the right things. But the second point I want to look at is, what is the real secret of contentment? The good news for us today is that the Apostle Paul shares with us the secret of contentment in Philippians 4, 12 and 13. So let me read it again. I know what it is to be need and what it is to have more than enough. I have learned this secret so that anywhere, at any time, I am content. Whether I'm full or hungry, whether I have too much or too little, I have the strength to face all conditions by the power that Christ gives me. See, the secret of contentment is that contentment has nothing to do with our self-sufficiency or but everything to do with Christ's sufficiency. The secret of contentment is not being self-sufficient, but being Christ-sufficient. We have Christ, we have a Savior, we have a strength giver who gives weak people like you and me the strength we need to navigate whatever circumstances come our way. The secret is that though our circumstances change, Christ does not change. That though we are weak, Christ is strong. The whole Christian life is a movement from self-sufficiency to Christ's sufficiency. When you become a Christian, what happens is you recognize your insufficiency. You recognize that you don't have it all together. That you're a broken sinner who needs a Savior to put you back together and to meet your craving for contentment. That's how you began the Christian life, and that's how you continue the Christian life. So how do you find contentment? What are some of the secrets of contentment? 
Let me just mention two very practical secrets. Number one, have an attitude of gratitude. Have an attitude of gratitude. All the way through his letter to the Philippians, Paul speaks about attitude. If you have an attitude that causes you to be grateful for everything God has given you, then you will find contentment. True gratitude is more than the expression of mere words. It is the disposition of one's mind. When you spend time thanking God for all that he has done for you, you won't have time to complain. There is so much for which to give God thanks. Thank God for the grace that he has shown you. Thank him for the plans he has for your life. Thank him for his promise to never leave you. Thank him for the changes he's making in you, and thank him for the home he has prepared for you. If you have a family that loves you, if you have friends who care, if you have sufficient food to eat, if you have a job to go to, if you are able to sleep at night, if God has forgiven your sins, if God has delivered you from danger, if God has healed your, your disease or illness, if God has answered your prayers, and if God has blessed you in any other ways, you ought to give thanks to him every day. Amen. You should begin each day by saying, thank you, God, for the new day that you have given me. Thank you for the opportunities that are before me today. Help me to be able to do something that will last for eternity. Use this day, Father, to your glory, and use me to be a blessing to somebody today. You can't pray a prayer like this and not feel the very presence of Christ with you. As Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 18, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 7, let your roots grow down into him, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow stronger in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. The second secret of, of contentment is love people, not things. Paul says in Philippians 4, Verses 10, 14 through 16. How I praise the Lord that you're concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the under ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me help more than once. You see, Paul here is thanking the Philippians for being so concerned about him, not just for the money that they sent him, but the fact that they really cared about him. 
He's in prison. He's in need. He was sick. And so they, they wrote to him. They, they sent Epaphroditus uh, with a gift to him and uh, people to comfort and to, and to help him. And he said, uh, essentially, that means so much to me. Have you ever been at a point in your life when you desperately needed someone to reach out to you? If you have someone who cares about you, someone who really loves you, someone who prays for you daily, someone who encourages you, then treasure that relationship. It is far more precious than any other achievement you will ever make. Are you content in your life today? If you are not, the secret of contentment is putting Christ first and trusting him to meet all of your needs and to be the one all-sufficient God in your life. You see, Jesus has what all of us need. If we have a problem, he has a solution. If we have a question, he has the answer. If we have a disease, he has a cure. If we have a crisis, he has a needed miracle. Whatever we need, Jesus has it. If we need assurance, if we need inspiration, if we need courage, if we need comfort, if we need joy, if we need peace, if we need rest, if we need a blessing, Jesus has it. He can do whatever needs to be done. Jesus can not only do what we need, but he is what we need. We need a savior to save us from sin. We need a divine physician to heal us of our illnesses. We need a refuge in which to hide during the storms of life. We need an ever-present help in times of trouble, in times of desperation. We need a way through the wilderness of this world. We need a light to guide and to direct our footsteps. And we need a friend that will stick closer to us than a brother. And all this Jesus is to us. There's just nobody like him. He holds the secret of contentment. And if we trust him, we can be content with what God gives us and with what our situation may be. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m., You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.